where if you're not present in the medium, you're missing. A, you're missing out on what I described before as an arbitrage opportunity where there's tons of untapped podcast content that where your brand can make an appearance and B, your competitor might be there doing the same thing. Welcome to Subscriptions Scale, sponsored by Rebar Technology. Join us each week to hear from industry leaders in the subscription space, share their best tips and stories, and learn how you can up-level your subscription business today. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Subscription Scale. I'm Christy Beasley, your host today, and our guest today is Michael Caden, who is founder and CEO with Red Circle. So, Mike, thanks for coming on today. Do you want to give us a little bit of information about yourself and your company? Sure. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Red Circle is a podcast platform for both podcasters and for brands and agencies that are looking to transact in podcast advertising. We help podcasters of all shapes and sizes to distribute their podcasts, to get analytics on it, to run marketing campaigns. But we also help them to monetize their show. And we do that both with subscription payments, where you can collect a couple of dollars from your fans, as well as through advertising. And then on the other side, we have a fully automated advertising platform for brands and agencies to be able to point and click and deploy advertising campaigns into Red Circle podcasts without having to do a million emails and spreadsheets and checks in the mail. You just decide which pods you want, upload a script to us, and the software instead of a team of people takes care of the rest. So in a nutshell, that's what we do at Red Circle. The fundamental mission of the business is to get podcasters paid. But along the way, uh, we provide all kinds of useful tools and technology for creators and for brands and agencies. Okay. Can you talk a little bit about the advertising? I know we have a lot of people that listen to the show that are from the merchant side startups, business owners. So is this another way for them to reach like customers? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you just take a look at what's been happening in the podcast industry over the last several years, you know, podcasting has been around since the mid 2000, sort of 2005, 2006 era. But really in the last five or six years, the market on the listener side has really evolved to the point where about 40% of American adults are listening to a podcast every month. It's really becoming a mainstream channel for media consumption. But the infrastructure for advertising and for folks to get their message out there is relatively young relative to what you'd find in other media, television, print, even radio or for digital advertising. And so getting your message out there in a way that's scalable for brands, that has the performance measurement that you need is a relatively recent thing to be able to achieve. Businesses like ours are enabling brands to be able to do this in a way uh, which won't make marketers pull their hair out so by trying to herd uh, 100 cats uh, of individual podcasters. And so what we do is we make it possible for brands to interact with all these podcasters by executing these campaigns through technology instead of with an army of buyers and agents. And the way we're able to do that is with a technology called dynamic insertion, which means that right when a listener hits play in Spotify or Apple or wherever they listen, Red Circle is stitching together the audio file right in real time that's being delivered to that user's phone. So we can insert the right advertisements for that particular location, for the show that's being listened to, or whatever else we may know about the particular listener that's on the other end of that. And so what we specialize in within that is also something called host red or also like endorsement style advertising where we're not just playing a pre-recorded spot from your brand. We're letting our hosts really talk to their audience in the way they know how and the way their audience is used to about the brand that they're endorsing. And we provide all the sort of seamless technology to execute a campaign with 100 plus podcasts or more all by pointing and clicking, but still getting that authentic host red endorsement style ad that gets you 
you know, usually high performance. So the typical customer for us on the advertising side of the business, they've played around in Facebook and they've done work on Google and they're looking to expand to other channels and look for opportunities to find other ways to open up their business's growth. And podcasting is a great way to do it. And Red Circle is a great platform for something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, you hit on a very good point. I did not realize that podcasts have been around that long, but I've recently, probably in the past three or four years, really gotten into listening to them. So I find myself listening more to podcasts than I do music, but I'm in my car or something like that these days. So it yeah. is, And I hear a ton of advertisements while I'm listening to podcasts. And I do feel like a lot of merchants are struggling to reach their customers these days, especially when you don't have retail, you can't engage on them coming into a store, Facebook ads and stuff like that. There's been some challenges with... so. Yeah. Do you feel like the podcast advertising is an untapped market? There's a lot going on in podcasting that are affordances that you won't be able to get in other media. I mean, just think about how much more you can explain about a product in a 60-second spoken word advertisement versus a couple hundred pixels wide Instagram square or something like this. You know, Podcasting really gives you this opportunity to explain a product that takes a little bit more explanation than what a simple image or a short pre-roll video that people are going to skip through can explain. And so, you know, especially if your product is a little more complicated or you're introducing something new to the market, podcasting can be a really effective way to do that. And, you know, really what we're doing is something similar to what's happening in influencer marketing, except we're doing it in audio. You're getting it in the host voice and growing through that host's ability to influence their audience and being able to advantage that uh, for your brand is very unique versus, again, versus, uh, say, a display ad or a pre-roll ad on YouTube. And so definitely tons of unique opportunities here. And then also where we tend to play at Red Circle, which is sort of in the middle class podcast, you know, we're not operating Joe Rogan's advertisements. We're not doing the New York Times. We're working with sort of middle class podcasters, not somebody shouting to nobody in their basement and not the biggest publishers in the world either. You know, sort of the folks in between that are good at what they do and have established audiences, but aren't filled to the brim with advertising. These are the types of podcasts that we are great at, uh, at helping get your brand's voice in front of and helping you grow through their influence. Within that subset of podcasters, there is an arbitrage opportunity, right? The Daily from the New York Times or all these larger podcasts, they're filled to the brim with ads. These middle-class podcasts, you get a much higher share of voice. You get to take advantage of those podcasters' far more authentic endorsement than you're going to hear from the biggest podcasters that are out there. And so we believe when aggregated together, these middle-class podcasters have a much higher opportunity for driving significant ROI and high performance. Yeah. And another thing that you touched on that I thought was interesting is you said when a user from Spotify or Apple logs in, you can start targeting the ads at that point. So Mm -hmm. what all information can you get from just someone's device that would tell you enough information about them to send a targeted commercial advertisement to them? Yeah, not as much as you would expect from other forms of digital media. And maybe that's a good thing. Depends on if you're into privacy or into to targeting, but enough to find your audience. Let's say your uh, product for a skincare product for millennial women. Well, I've got tons of true crime podcasts and podcasts about yoga and podcasts about reality TV that are going to hit the right audience for you. Even if we don't know some formal digital way that this is a millennial female, I can tell you 90% of the audience for each of those shows is the target for that brand. And so that type of contextual advertising is usually enough. 
That said, we do know what kind of what app the listener is listening from. We do know the course sort of IP based location of the user as well. So if you wanted to restrict a campaign to the United States or if there were some regulatory requirements that forced you into a particular market, you know, that's an option as well. Um, so, you know, there's some general targeting that we can do that's relatively coarse what to some versus what some marketers might be used to. But the contextual targeting that is available in podcasting can really let you niche down and find the audience that you need. And can a merchant kind of do you have multiple plans? So if I want to do X amount of commercials versus a larger campaign, do you have flexibility in like pricing for like maybe like a small startup company that is wanting to start small with their advertisements and grow? Yeah. I mean, you do need to spend enough in the medium to be able to measure performance. And so teeny tiny campaigns, we don't support. But in comparison to what you might uh, need to spend from, say, a large uh, agency that might try to lock you into a minimum monthly contract that's quite large or something, uh, you know, our minimum spends are much more manageable. Uh, and so if you're looking to explore the space for the first time, we're an excellent option for that. And we can scale into it. In aggregate, we're doing tens of millions of downloads of our podcast content every month. And so, you know, you can get to pretty significant scale across our inventory if you do find success in the medium and you want to keep going. Okay. And do you have ways for merchants to measure the campaigns? How many people may have visited their site from a campaign or something like that? Yeah, there's actually been amazing product innovation in this area over the last several years. And so what's happened is that the technologies for attribution and podcasting have emerged. It sort of happened in a similar way to what's happened in connected television, where this sort of indirect user hears the ad here, they don't click on a link and buy it right now, they're going to maybe do it tomorrow and maybe from a different device associated with the same households. We need to be able to make that jump. And there are several vendors in the space and we partner with them and we can work with any customers that we have to get the data flowing in the right direction. Essentially, the way it works is Red Circle pushes data to the vendor that says, hey, this listener was impressed with this advertisement. And then you push data through a pixel or some other integration to the vendor saying, here's who showed up on my landing pages. Here's who converted and bought the thing. They do the cross device matching on the back end to say, okay, you spent a thousand dollars. You got this many impressions. You got this many folks who landed on your page and you got this many conversions from there. And it really gives you a pretty clear picture of the fundamental performance of the campaign. And it's also really painless. You just put the pixel in, you hook it up to our campaign and you let it run. Historically, in podcasting, you have to have 900 spreadsheets and your query and databases and you're trying to match things together. In this case, you just set up the infrastructure and the dashboard is there waiting for you. And we fully integrate with all the different vendors that do this kind of work. So... Can you explain what you mean by a pixel? This is kind of a little bit more technical than I know about podcasting, but can you sure. explain that a little bit? You mentioned it a couple of times. Yeah. So on the podcast advertisement, we can't, they call it a pixel, but it's not a pixel because there's no image in a podcast, but it's just a little web URL where we can push data to an attribution vendor that says this particular listener got impressed with this ad. It's just a little copy paste thing that you can do from there, from the attribution vendor into Red Circle software. And then when it comes to your end, depending on if you're a mobile app or if you're an e-commerce website or something, you can either place a pixel, which really is a pixel. Uh, it's like a little you know chunk of code that you can put on your website or in your mobile app that will then push the same kind of data, who showed up on my webpage to the attribution vendor. And then they do the matching on the back end. Now, the match is not perfect. 
you know, there may be some folks that can't attribute to a household on either end, but they do the necessary math to give you a modeled approach to like, okay, you know, we saw two people land on your website, but we only had a 50% match rate. So you probably had four people that showed up there. Very powerful stuff, very easy to use, not like perfect, but will definitely give you the fundamental idea. Like, am I getting reasonable ROI on this campaign? Which podcasts are performing better than others? All that stuff is available with these vendors. And that's why we integrate with them fully. A lot of infrastructure like that has emerged in the podcasting space to sort of help additional brands sort of make their way into the space who need to be performance minded. Yeah. And I mean, I think anybody who's spending money on campaigns, right, they want to see some sort of demographic information or, you know, stats on how well this particular, maybe this particular podcast resonated with this type of campaigns. So the pixel, in other words, is almost like a way to connect all of the different platforms together in a basic way. Yeah. It's a way to push data to someone who can then identify who heard the ad and who showed up and made a purchase. Um, And this is just the sort of channel by which the data moves around. Okay. Well, today I learned. Thank you very much. (laughs) Sure. That's why we're here. Tell me a little bit about the subscription. So you mentioned you like to help podcasters monetize their service. So can you go into a little bit of detail about that? Yeah, absolutely. So we also help podcasters collect subscription revenue from their fans. So some podcasters may want to put a paywall in front of exclusive content or bonus episodes, or they may just want to take like recurring donations from their fans for in return for nothing. And we have all the infrastructure available for that. So a podcast listener who's a big fan of the app, maybe the podcaster says, Hey, if you want to get my bonus episodes, click the link in the show description. And there's a link back to Red Circle where a listener can sign up and put in their credit card and then gain access to these exclusive episodes either by listening on Red Circle's website or we can actually get it into your podcasting app of your choosing so you can listen to your paywalled content there as well. So we have podcasters of all shapes and sizes. In fact, within Red Circle, some of the most monetized podcasts, meaning on a per audience member basis... The folks who are making the most money are using these direct subscription-based revenue models versus the advertising ones. You may have 100 listeners, but if you convince 20 of them to pay you $10 a month, that's a lot more revenue than you can make from 100 listeners worth of advertising. And so we've built up a significant revenue base there. And it's very sticky. You know, A lot of folks listen to podcasts as a habit. You know, I listen to that same show when I drive to work every day. And so it's a very sticky form of subscription revenue for the podcaster. And we have folks that are making actually seven figures through Red Circle using this technology. Yeah. I mean, and you also brought up just another point, right? Like I'm the same way. Like I have certain podcasts that I listen to all the time, right? And it's very sticky. So if you can reach a great audience there and get some information as far as ads and a lot of return on that, then being sticky is great in that aspect as well. Yeah, totally. I mean, listen, you know, you mentioned it before when you were talking about sort of how much podcasting has come into your life over the last couple of years. Uh, you know, whether it's AirPods or your car becoming more connected or smart speakers in your home or whatever thing it is that you have, there are all these new spaces where people can find room for listening to audio, whether it's music or a spoken word. And I know for me, and of course, I'm a podcast business founder. So I'm obsessed with podcasting. I'm finding myself sticking... You know, First of all, I have four pairs of wireless headphones and I'm finding myself uh, you know, sticking those things in my ears when I'm take, doing a four-minute chore because that's time where I can learn something or grow in some way or be thoughtful instead of just groaning as I carry the trash down the, chair, uh, the stairs. So I think it's a very sticky thing. People really want to support the podcast 
creators that they're a fan of as well. I mean, there's podcasts I've been listening to for 10 years. And I've been giving monthly dollars to those podcasters just to help support the work that they do. But we do find that the most successful podcasters that are building subscription revenue have some kind of important or meaningful result from being a part of that subscription. So for example, if you're just creating like bonus content and not being very thoughtful about it, your podcast listeners probably won't convert into paying subscribers. But we have one podcaster, for example, that does a daily sports news show he does it four days a week. And then on Fridays, it's behind the paywall. And so if you love listening to him every day, you're going to pay that 5 bucks a month to gain access to those Friday episodes, right? Another podcast does ad-free versions of the show behind the paywall. And right, an ad-free version of the show is another great way to convince your listeners that are really big fans to... You know, to be able to support you and subscribe and pay a couple of bucks. And I know you, a lot of your audience is doing subscriptions of all different shapes and sizes. It's a little bit different when you're talking about creator subscriptions because there's not a discrete product on the other end. Sometimes it's just about supporting the creator. But if you, as a creator, just like as a business owner, designing your, your business model and understanding what your subscription tiers are going to be as a creator, you have to make sure there's value on the other side of that to convince your audience to switch over and then to make sure that they stick around. Yeah, true. I never really thought about the paywalls behind them. But I mean, I'm also thinking about like, webinars and stuff like that, that are traditionally been hosting like over a computer or whatever, but they could also turn that into a podcast and still collect clients for being able to access that content as well. Totally. Yeah. Lots of podcasters using all of our tools in all kinds of interesting and unexpected ways and using it kind of almost like a paid audio book or a paid set of webinars or something like that. Sort of online courses in audio is definitely a way people are using our subscription product as well. Is there any evidence about someone signing up for a subscription service to a podcast and then how likely are they to stick with it or cancel? Is it a reoccurring payment? So it's just depending on how the podcaster wants to set it up, right? I'm assuming if it's behind a paywall, like a monthly thing or something like that, right? Then you're just recurring billing for those. But what if it's like a donation type situation? Yeah, we do take one-time tips and that's just a feature that exists and users swing by and put a couple bucks in the tip jar and move on. It's not a big part of our business, but a lot of podcasters have it. And then for donations, those are all... We call them donations instead of tips. Those are also recurring in Red Circle and you can set them up to just donate with nothing in return. And podcasters can configure the sort of asking price for something like that. They can say, we're asking for $10 a year and that will be the default that's available when somebody wants to make a donation. And then for the exclusive content, which is the Paywalls product... The podcaster has a lot of configuration. They can choose to do weekly, monthly, or annual subscriptions. They can do, they can set the pricing at each of those and give a discount at the annual level. In terms of churn, overall, like our subscription audience has very low churn, but it really varies from one podcast to the next. Again, based on podcaster can just decide, like, okay, I'm done producing this type of content, but then and folks will quickly cancel and churn out. Whereas some podcasters actually get better and better at producing this paywall content and just hold on to all their audience. So it really varies quite a bit. 
which again, you know, thinking about subscriptions in the general case, there's just a ton of, of learnings from this creator world that can be applied to a, to a more typical consumer subscriptions business, which is just like, you got to keep the product interesting. You got to offer discounts for the annual subscription. All of these things are required, just like it's the case for these little business owners, if you want to think of them that way, these independent creators. But like I said, we have folks that are making seven figures doing it this way with big audiences. And so it can be done in a way where you can really gross a ton of money for the audience you have. Yeah. I mean, it's really interesting. I've never really... Like I said, I'm still, I still consider myself fairly new to using podcasts for probably three or four years. So it's very interesting to see how you can also plug in the advertisements. I mean, I've heard them. I just never really thought about how they could be used and with like you touched on it earlier, but like with some of the issues that traditional websites have had with like iOS and Facebook ads and tracking mm-hmm. and not been able to know much information about the users or the users not being engaged in campaigns. I do think this is another really good avenue, especially after talking with you today for them to look at how can I gain more customers? Yeah, totally. I mean, speaking to that most recent changes with respect to privacy and tracking in iOS, what that does really is return everything to a level playing field with respect to tracking and targeting. And podcasting has really benefited from that because now what has traditionally been considered a weakness of podcasting, which is like, well, we can't have like the most perfect data imaginable. We don't know, you know, exactly what street corner this particular listener is on. Whereas on Facebook, you know, their mother's maiden name. Now that there's been more restrictions there, it really makes podcasting a more feasible option for a lot of brands because the amount of targeting and attribution that's possible is comparable to most of the other digital channels uh, for iPhone users. And so definitely a cool place for brands and agencies to play around if they haven't before for tracking reasons. Now's a good time to come back and take a look. Yeah, for sure. So how long have you guys been in the business? Like, How long has your company been working with podcasts and advertising and stuff? Yeah, Red Circle is about four years old. It's a venture back business. We've raised money a couple times. We have 27 or 28 employees as of today. The company is growing really nicely over the last several years. We really started in the beginning focused exclusively on podcasters and trying to just bring them on board because you can't sell advertising on podcasts unless you have a bunch of podcasts. And so we had this chicken and egg thing. So we started in the beginning and said, All right, we're going to give this product away for free to podcasters. And it's still free. You don't have to pay to use Red Circle. And we're going to pump this thing full of interesting features and stuff that that's super useful in the market, including subscription tools that we've been talking about so you can collect dollars from your fans. And we built the business up for a year or two, just doing that, providing a great product for podcasters for distribution, analytics, growth, and payments. And then once we grew to a size where we had enough podcasts to be interesting from an advertising perspective, that's when we really went to work on building the advertising automation tools, which are really unique in the market. There are other folks that might help you to organize a campaign or to locate podcasts to buy an add-on. But we're the only ones that combine this host-read workflow management for a host-read endorsement style campaign with the distribution technology, which enables this really seamless, you know, I purchase the ad, it gets inserted into the content, and it all happens in one place in a very data-rich environment. Uh, That's super unique. And we've been building that over the last two years and are just uh, growing and and going. That's the the best way for me to describe it. You know, So far, we've had a lot of success in activating new brands as well as servicing existing brands, tiny brands looking to spend their first money in podcasting, and some of the largest podcast advertisers that are out there. Yeah. So did you guys get a huge like uptick during COVID? 
it's interesting. We talked to companies either had a downswing or an upswing during COVID. So I'm assuming you guys had a pretty big upswing. Uh, we did. We had a lot of upswing of uh, independent podcasters sign up for the platform. A lot of people were like, ah, you know, I'm trapped at home. What am I going to do? I'm going to order a microphone on Amazon. You know, the microphones actually sold out on Amazon for months because everybody was like, I got to say something. So people started podcasting. And that was a really nice addition to our business. But we tend to focus less on the number of podcasters that we have and more on the size of our audience. And in the beginning of COVID, podcast listening actually went down a little bit because people weren't commuting. People weren't going to the gym. These are all these sort of big places where people were listening to podcasts. People were glued to their television, you know, freaked out in the beginning. But over the last year or two, since the beginning of the pandemic, podcasting is so sticky as a habit that it has really found its way back into people's lives in new places, right? Either you're going back to the gym and you're driving again, or maybe you've started listening to podcasts when you walk your dog when you didn't used to do that before. The amount of listener consumption is still very high and still growing. And so that part of what we focus on in terms of listening dipped off for a minute and then has really worked its way back up and expanded from there. Yeah. I mean, I think back to like... One of the craziest things, I guess, are places that I would listen to podcasts is I love listening to them in grocery stores, right? Like mm. I've got my stuff that I need to get, but I don't really have to engage with anyone. And yes. I hate feeling like I waste time, right? So if I could do a podcast that I'm going to learn something while I'm getting my groceries, it's mm -hmm. like a two for one for me, I guess. So sure. Yeah. Or, you know, you can, if you just want to escape from the nonsense of the, what's going on in the various aisles, you can listen to, something trashy or a true crime podcast or whatever thing people are into. It doesn't always have to be educational. But a lot of podcast listeners do think about podcasting as adulting, if you will. They think about it as a way to kind of go back to school and learn something and expand their perspectives. But there's a huge chunk of podcast content that's really just kind of entertainment. And so there's a spectrum of content. You know, there's probably there's 4 million podcasts that are out there. There's probably about 400,000 that are active in a given month. And that's a lot of content. You know, there's podcasts within that zone that could be about literally anything if you go and search. And so it's really just uh, boggles the mind how much creation and energy and effort goes into all this content production. And it's not just, uh, like I said, Joe Rogan and, uh, and these large publishers. There's just this wide breadth of different amazing independent creators creating content of all shapes and sizes from fiction podcasts to weird Bitcoin stuff or paranormal things or all the way up to like business podcasts or sales or personal finance. So there's just tons of different content to find out there. And so my push to your audience, I think, is to try to expand and look around for something in a niche that you may not have thought of before. It's not all about uh, NPR or ESPN. Yeah, that's true. I mean, when we were approached with doing this podcast in general, mm. we were like, who's going to like why? And we started realizing like, we talk to a lot of customers about their business, about their subscriptions, about their customers, about all kinds of stuff. And we mm -hmm. may be having that conversation with one person, but it could benefit 10, right? So totally, I never would have thought five years ago that we would have a podcast talking about this and anybody would listen to it. And it's been actually really surprising to see the number of listeners that we have mm. listening about subscriptions. So yeah, I would encourage anyone who feels like there's a market and you have a voice to try your hand at podcasting. Yep. Whether that's a, a B2B use case like your own or just some passion you have on the side, maybe you're into home automation or cars or whatever. There's an audience out there for the things you're passionate about. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're almost out of time. Is there anything else that you feel like our listeners would get value out of hearing um, either about your product or the industry? 
I'll just say sort of as a closing thought, I mentioned before about 40% of American adults are listening to a podcast every month. The same thing is also happening on the advertising industry where it has grown from, I think, $250 million a year when I started this business to four or five years later, we're up to $1.4 billion in advertising spend. And so there's really intense growth happening in this industry. And it's really starting to get to the point for a lot of brands where if you're not present in the medium, you're missing. A, you're missing out on what I described before as an arbitrage opportunity where there's tons of untapped podcast content that that where your brand can make an appearance. And B, your competitor might be there doing the same thing. So it's time to explore the medium if you haven't already because the brands are coming for the space and it's something that you can own. You know, If you think about podcasting, if you listen to a lot of podcasts, you can think about brands just off the top of your head that you know have built significant growth out of owning the space, whether that's Squarespace or Casper mattresses, or depending on what podcast you listen to, maybe MeUndies or you know ZipRecruiter. You know, there's tons of podcast advertisers that are well known across the entire space and have built significant growth engines out of this channel. And this could be that for your brand, or maybe a more targeted performance channel as well. Definitely something worth exploring. Yeah, and I would also think that it's fairly less effort to do one of these campaigns than it is to actually do a campaign where you're putting it on a website or on Facebook or Google or something like that, right? Like all they really need to do is just what give you a message that they would like to be in the podcast and they run from there. Yes. A set of talking points and some collaboration with our team around what selecting which podcasts or categories to deploy. And the whole thing can be done pretty easily, but that's only with uh, sophisticated advertising execution software like we have. If, if you do want to go out and run a campaign on your own, which can sometimes be the right choice, it's going to be a lot of bespoke deals with individual podcasts if you want to pull off something like our platform achieves. And maybe if you just want to try on one podcast and give it a go, that's the way to do it. I mean, if you find success there and you want to scale to the next level, then redcircle.com is, is the place to go. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Very interesting. Well, thank you for taking your time to talk with us today. If anybody does want to get in contact with you about using your services, how would they be able to reach you? Yeah, you can just Google Red Circle or you can find me at Twitter. That's probably the best place to find me. It's just M-K-A-D-I-N. M-Kaden is my handle there. Perfect. Well, thanks and have a good day and we'll talk to you later. Yeah. Thanks, Christine. This was fun. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Subscription Scale, sponsored by Rebar Technology. If something we said today resonated with you, please subscribe, rate, and download our podcast and share this episode with your network. 